So as we get back to this, I want you to realize that as we move from being living a lifestyle of generosity from, on an occasional basis to an intentional basis, it begins to build our own confidence. It begins to build our own faith. It begins to build our own self-worth so we can be a blessing to someone else, to others. And the Bible shows us just so many scriptures in the Bible that show us that God just really searches out generous people to get more in their hands. God promises general, generous people that, that, that he will show forth and show up on their behalf. Proverbs 11.25 says, a generous person will prosper. Not could be, not should be, not might, but it says a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And that's what this thing's about. It's about refreshing others. It's about if God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. Not just money, but every, our attitude, our heart, our mindset, our gift set, everything that we're made of. If we would live based on an eternal perspective rather than a now perspective. You see, Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he is in, his, in our past, in our present, and in our future. He was, is, and will always be. He's the alpha, the beginning, the omega, the ending. In other words, in Christ there is no time. It's eternal. And what I want you to realize right now, when you take your last breath on this planet, your work is finished. And that's when you want to hear from our Heavenly Father, when we, the Bible says when you take your last breath, whenever we take that last breath, we'll see our Lord. And whenever we see our Lord and come face to face, well, what do we want to do? We, we want to hear, good job, well done, my faithful servant. Man, we want to know. We want to say, hey, you know, it's not just about how much we've saved on this earth or how many career accomplishments we have or, or how big our churches are or buildings are or ministries are. None of that stuff. You know what it's about? It's like, who did you bring with you? Look over your shoulder. Who did you bring with you? Jesus said, you're my hands, you're my feet, you're my voice. You are my sustenance, and I work through you. Just like when Jesus was on this earth representing his heavenly father, he was God with skin on. He was God with flesh on. He was 100% God, Philippians says, but he was also 100% man. And in that God-man situation, if you want to know what God loves, read the red in your Bible. If you want to know what God hates and disdains, read the red in your Bible. And that's what this walk is all about. That's what this talk is all about. That's what we are all about as sons and daughters of God. We're no longer just servants and we're definitely not slaves. We're sons and we're daughters and we're friends of the Most High God. And He is a good, good daddy. He's a good, good father. And it's like Matt in his in his story, his testimony, and he's given his story about his life. And he said, man, I used to, and I've heard it before we talked at dinner, he and Michelle and I and Rory and some of the others, a couple of times we've been together, and you can just tell, and he's given his story even then, and just talking about, man, I, I thought I was living this life. It was like, to me, rules and regulations, and Michelle was so faithful in church, and I was even in a Christian band. But, man, it was just law to me. But then it clicked, and I got the heart of what God was saying. And then I understood what grace is, and it set me free. And I want you to realize, man, your story is someone's eternal ticket to heaven. 
Your story, there are certain people that only you can touch. There are certain people that, that will not make it to heaven unless you step into who you are and who God made you to be. You're their ticket. He's going to use you, whether it's your giving, your serving, your loving, whatever it is, your kindness. He is going to use you in multiple ways to bring the generosity of eternal life and the kingdom of God into someone's life. And to realize that God is not a taskmaster, but he's a good, good daddy. He's a good, good father. And he loves us just the way we are, not the way we should be. In Mark 10, uh, verse 30, is this a really key scripture? So I kind of set you up today. It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your hands, into your land. For with this measure of use, it will be measured back to you. And that's a really popular, script, popular scripture when you talk about prosperity. But what I want you to realize is if you notice in Proverbs eleven twenty five, 25, I read you. And now you see in Mark 10, verse 30, I read you that what we got to understand, generous or generosity comes before prosperity. A lot of people want to get right into prosperity. I'll do this and I'll get that. But no, no, no. Prosperity is not just about, you know, what I give or what I do or what I get. God said before you walk in prosperity, that, that whenever you're walking in prosperity, the Bible tells us that it's not just prospering of your finances, it's prospering in your soul. When your soul prospers, when you prosper in your mind, your thinking, your heart, when you're, yeah, financial prosperity is good too, but it's part of all that. But I've, I know people that's worth tens of millions and, and some of them's even taken their life. It's just because you have a lot of stuff doesn't mean that you're going to be prosperous. You see, God said in Proverbs that he will give us riches with no sorrow attached. What's that mean? It means when we get our attitude right, when we break out of the bondages that this world has for us, like debt or other addictions, whenever we come into the place in our life, guys, that, that we have the right heart about him and about what he has. When we understand that we're not seeking prosperity, a thing but we're just being who God made us to be. We're generous. And it says that whenever we're gen a generous person, then we'll prosper in Proverbs. And then it says in 1 Timothy, I mean, in Mark 10, where I was talking about you, when you give, that comes first. Secondly, it will be given unto you. You see, first we've got to give before we get in line to receive. Then it says, you'll receive what? A good measure, shaking and running down together. That's what you get secondly. But for the measure, with the measure of use, it will be measured back. So again, with the measure of use, the measure of what you do with what God gives you first, it will be measured back to you second. And when we understand the process of prosperity is not what man's made it and not what religion's made it and the news media and everybody else has made it. Prosperity is about prospering in your soul, in your heart, in your mind. Prosperity is about walking in the unconditional love of God. Prosperity is about walking in peace when you don't even understand why you have peace. It's when you don't have to lean on what you know or your understanding, but you lean on the peace and the presence of God. It's when you put God first in every area of your life, including your money. When you put God first in your relationships, when you put God first in your talents, your gifts, and your resources, when we put him first and we get that attitude right, we'll start breaking bondages off of our lives.
This is also one of the things that kind of sets up for where I'm getting ready to go with a couple illustrations for you in 1 Timothy. A couple verses, verses 17 through 19, kind of helps us navigate the tension between allowing riches to rule us, between allowing money or any other possessions to rule us or to have us. It says that in, in 1 Timothy 6, 17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but, but, but to put their hope in God. You see, it's not a, where are you putting your hope at? You putting your hope in your education? You putting your hope in your career? You putting your hope in religion? Or you putting your hope in God? But when we put our hope in God, what does it say? Who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Man, it, it, Paul said, I'm content in all my ways, whether I'm working, building tents, or whether I'm preaching the gospel, whether I'm having a, uh, I just got, you know, beat up or stoned for the gospel, or whether I'm on the road doing the next thing, baptizing somebody for Christ. Whatever it is, he said, man, I, I find enjoyment. I'm content in all my ways. Verse 18, it says, command them to what? Do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. That's all God's asked us to do, be willing to share. Do what we can do with what we have. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may, have, they may be able to take hold of the life which is truly life. You see, guys, this, this is a dress rehearsal. We're in this thing right now, it's a dress rehearsal. It's all it is. And we're, 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 we're laying up riches that don't rust and moth doesn't decay. What is it? We're laying up souls, man. That's what this kingdom is about. It's about subduing and multiplying the kingdom. It's about snatching people out of eternity of hell. And, and, and you know what? That takes time. That takes talent. And that does take financial resources. And God says if we'll put our heart toward him and not just be a seasonal or part-time generous, generous person, that he'll find ways to prosper you and give you enjoyment even in your hard times, even in your tough times, even in the seasons when the world would say, yeah, you're some Christian, look at what you're going through. But see, we'll, we'll find ways to enjoy the journey no matter what state we find ourselves in when he is first and when we're not part-time Christians or part-time people of generosity. Now, I want to take you into two key principles today, and I'm wrapping up with these, really. These two key principles, because it's all about, really, not allowing your riches to own you. And you say, well, I'm not rich. Well, I'd say, okay, do you have change in your, first of all, do you have a vehicle? Second of all, do you have change in a cup holder? Thirdly, do you have a place that you're sleeping today, tonight? Did, did you get to pick out pretty much what you want to eat this week, or at least have more than one choice? Well, to 85% of the world, that's wealth, that's rich. And we got to realize we're in the top 85% of the richest people in the world just where we're at. But the key is, it doesn't matter if you have billions of dollars or if, you don't, if you're minus a million dollars. That's not where happiness comes from. Happiness comes from our heart and our relationship with our Heavenly Father and the attitude that we have and the attitude that we carry and the actions that we display. Because you're gonna think before you speak, and you're gonna, you should anyway, and think before you act. 
And see, we got to realize the Bible says out of the heart speaks the abundance. Out of the mouth speaks the abundance of the heart. Out of the mouth speaks what's in the heart. And what we got to realize is what we say and what we do needs to line up. When they asked Jesus about being a leader and being servants, he said, look, I came to be the servant of all. He said, I didn't come to get, I came to serve. What did it say? That, that Jesus came to this earth, what? In John 3, 16, he came, what? To give his life so that many could be saved. So let me step into this. And the first principle I want you to realize is, is that whatever it is you have in your hand, it has to be blessed before it can increase. Whatever I have in my hand, if it's a relationship, if it's money, if it's assets, if it's career, if it's ministry and gifts and talents, it has to be put in the hand of God and be blessed before I can expect it to increase in a positive way. Look at me in uh, Matthew chapter, Matthew's Gospel 14. And Jesus, if you look at verse 13, I won't read it, but he's just finding out about his first cousin, John the Baptist, had just been beheaded. And He's somewhat sorrowful, and he tries to go off into the hills and the highways just to get away and pray and get before his father. But it says that in verse 14, and when Jesus went, it said, well, I'll just read 13. It says, when Jesus heard it about John the Baptist, he, depart, he departed in a boat to a place by himself. And when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out and saw the great multitude, he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. Verse 15, when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a deserted place and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away and go into the village, let them go into the villages to feed themselves. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You, everybody say you. You give them something to eat. Verse 17, and they said to him, the disciples said to him, we have, we have here only five loaves and two fish. If you look at a, another gospel, you'll see it came from a little boy's lunch that his mom prepared, a little long John Silver's bag probably. And it had some loaves, five loaves and two fish in it actually. And Jesus, they thought, well, this would discourage the master and he can get these people on out where they can get taken care of and we can get some rest and we could probably get something to eat too. But it surprised him. He said, bring them here to me. What? What are you going to do with those five loaves and two fish? Bring them here to me. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took five loaves and two fish. And looking up to heaven, what did he do? Looking up to heaven, he blessed, number one. He broke. And then the third thing, he gave the loaves to his disciples. He blessed, he broke, and he gave. He blessed, he divided, and he gave. He blessed, he broke, and he gave to who? His disciples, his sons and daughters. He, and when he did that, what happened? It says, and the disciples gave to the multitude. Huh. So they all ate, they all ate, not just his disciples, but they all ate, all the multitudes, they all ate and were filled and they took up what? Twelve huge baskets. Not like this basket, but but twelve huge baskets full of the fragments that remained. 
And now those who had eaten were 5,000 men besides women and children. Think about that. 5,000 men plus women and children. Think about their wives and then think about if they had three children or four or five or six, ever how many. It was well over probably, you know, 15 to 30,000, probably conservatively 25 to 30,000 people. I've been to the location where Jesus preached this four times. And I've sat in that valley by the Sea of Galilee, and I've stood in the place they think approximately where he stood, but you could tell with, with the way the mountain was shaped and where the church beautiful is now, even today, you could tell, and you could just stand there and your voice would carry way up into the top of the hill, into the wilderness, because there's no real trees or anything. It's like a desert there by the Sea of Galilee in that place. And, and it would just echo. Now, he had bread of Nainan, I think it's called, and, and, and Nain or whatever, N-A-A-N. But anyway, it means without yeast. It's leaven. So bread of Nain, I think it is. So anyway, it's flat like this. So this is the kind of bread. He had just five loaves. And what did it say he did? Jesus took those loaves. Yay, I say unto thee. Good thing carpet's black, right? So he said, he said what? He, he took these loaves. He set the fish aside. He took those five loaves. And the Bible says he blessed them. He put them before the Heavenly Father, and he prayed his blessing. You see, the disciples did something that was pretty intelligent. They took what little they had when it wasn't enough, and it didn't meet the bills, and it didn't meet what they put it in the Father's hands. And when they put it in Jesus' hands, who's an advocate for us, and he prayed and he blessed it. Now, when Jesus blessed it with the Father's blessing and the kingdom blessing, what did he do? He began to tear it or break it into pieces. Man, he's breaking it. And I'm sure the disciples are like, he's crazy. What's he doing? I mean, it's five little loaves, five little fajitas right there, right? Five little fajitas is all that is, man. Look at that. Oh my goodness. And it doesn't even have the goodies in it. That's just the bread, flat bread. And he's breaking it and he's tearing it into pieces and he just blessed it. And they're going, wow, what's he going to do? There's over 20,000 hungry people, including us. We're hungry too. What's he going to do? These people will probably mug us. They'll probably kill us. What's he thinking? And the Bible says that once he did it, he said, here you go. Come here, Tyler. Here you go. Said, uh, gave it to his disciples. Here you go. And they started passing it out. And then he said, okay, here you go. Here you go. Take a piece. Here you go. Give you a piece of that. Give you a piece of that. There you go. And he just took it like Ray, and he just took it like Ray. Now, now, do you guys think you could just take that for me and just feed this whole, you know, hundreds of people with what you have right there? See, could they take that little piece and feed everybody here? Not unless it's blessed. But when it was blessed by Christ, the Bible says that they just kept, as the disciples kept handing it out, there was more in their basket. And they just kept handing out each, and there was just more. And, and it didn't end. But see, the key was what? They put it in the hands of Jesus. And when they put it in the hands of Jesus, what happened? He blessed it and he broke it. And he gave it to them. They thought when we open our eyes, there'll be tons of food. But when they open their eyes, it's like Jesus crumbling up bread. And they're like, okay, now we're in real trouble now. We thought, you know, we seen him walk on water and raise Lazarus from the tomb. And we've seen all that, right, Mike? And so, but that don't look like that's going to feed 20,000 people. And then what did he do? He put them on the spot. Here you go, disciples. 
Hand that out. Praise God. And they're like, uh, what am I going to do with these little baskets? And they just start handing it out. And it just keeps multiplying and increasing. You see, the increase doesn't come before the blessing. But when it's blessed, God can take little like a little mustard seed and turn it into a huge tree. He can take little and make it much. But if we don't trust him, if we don't give it to him, if we don't return it to him first, then how can we have his increase. And aren't we really good at that as Christians? We'll kind of take it off and we'll try to take our fish and our bread and solve our problems. And if there's anything left, we'll give a little bit to God. But God said, if you just give it to me and let me bless it and do what I said do with it, then you'll get my favor, my increase on it. Wow, isn't that crazy? He wants to bless you, man. He wants you to walk in favor. And it's not just about money stuff. I'm talking about every aspect of your life. But money is nothing but a test. Because God said, didn't he? The only time that I know of, he said, test me here. And this says the Lord is in Malachi 3 when he's talking about tithing. He said, don't rob me in this. Test me in this and see that I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. There's not room enough for you to contain. Test me. And I, and I think if, if God's saying it's a test for him, it's probably a test for us too. If we'll trust him enough to do that. Let me give you the final illustration and then we'll pray. And so the first principle I want you to get out of that is it has to be blessed before it can increase. It has to be blessed. Let me give you the second principle now. And we'll, we'll read a good old scripture out of Haggai. Haggai means festival or party. He was the party prophet, right? The festival prophet. And he was had the tough job of rebuilding the temple after that the children of Israel had been in slavery for 400 years. And now they'd already been out a while. They'd redug the foundation, hadn't done anything else. And he begins to preach to them. And here's one of the things he said in Haggai 1.6. He says, you have sown much or planted in the ground much, and you bring in little. You eat. He said, you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you have not filled but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, selves, but no one is warm. And uh, no one is warm. And he that earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. Wow. So there's two mindsets I want you to get today. One is a basket mindset. And the basket mindset is whenever I'm open with God and I reach it to God to be blessed and I put it before him, he's the one that gives the increase. So we want a basket mindset when it comes to possessions, not a bag mindset. And that's the thing about the bag mindset, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that with you, but I just wanted to uh, get this one thing and then I'm, I'm going to go with it. What is it? Da, 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 da. Oh, anyway, doesn't matter. Okay, so here's the bag. Look at this, man. A bag mindset versus a basket mindset. Check this out. So he said, the prophet said, you take your money that you've worked, you planted, you've sown your crops, you've sowed them and all that. And he says, you know, you, you take your money and you, you put it in this bag. And he says, when you put it in this bag, he said, this bag has holes in it, right? And he says, there you go. You put all your money in that bag. And you got all this money, and whoa, 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 whoa. Then you're, 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 you're like wondering, how am I going to pay my bills at the end of the month? And the bags you have, it, every time you even try to reach in, you're, you're losing 
stuff. Oh, I need to pay my car payment. Okay, okay, I need to pay rent. Okay, oh, I need to eat out four times this week, right? Uh, maybe five times, one more for the road there. But while I'm doing that, this is falling. It's got holes in it. And then it's like, oh, God, let's see, okay. Look at all this that I don't even know where it went. All this stuff, I don't know where it all went. I know where a little bit went over here, but what have I got for God? Oh, got something. There's something, Lord. Uh, few things over here. I got something I know. I don't want to feel totally, you know, I do need to keep a little for lunch tomorrow, so I'll keep that one. So we have a choice, guys. We can have a basket mindset that's open before God, or we can have a bag mindset. A bag that we can close the top, but everything's coming out of the bottom. There's never enough to finish the month. There's never enough to finish the week. There's, there's always something that pops up with the kids or pops up with school if you're a student. Or There's always something. But if we'll just trust him, See, if I'm going to trust him with my eternity, why can't I trust him with my possessions, right? But if we just trust him, he will increase whatever we put in his hands to trust. So the first principle that, that we talked about is it must be put in his hands to increase. The second principle, it must be given to increase. So whenever I put it in his hands to be blessed, it must be blessed to be increased, and then the second principle, it must be given to be an increase. You see, our life is an offering. We're, our life is a pour, an offering to just pour out what we know, what we have, where we've been, what we do. And God wants to use us, man. He, he knew you'd be going through what you're going through, and he's wanting you to have peace and joy no matter what you're in the middle of, that your mind can't even comprehend his love, his mercy, his hope. And I want you to realize is that he is more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh, my provider, your provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Man, he, he's Jehovah Nissi, our banner. He's crazy about us. He first gave his son so that you and I could give our hearts to him. I want to ask you, if every head bowed and every eye closed, uh, here today, I, I just want to ask you if you say, man, I many of you have been living the basket mentality sometimes you're not as consistent as you need to be but you've been living it some of you live it very consistently but a lot of us in here I think are living the bag mentality and we got that bag mindset and it seems like we're always just about out or out and I want to ask you if you say, man, I want, to, I want to live that basket mentality more consistently or I want to step out of the bag mentality. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Hands are going up. Just keep them up. I want to pray for you. Man, that's 25% or 30% of the congregation. Father, I just thank you for all these that are just so truthful and honest. And Lord, it's always uncomfortable when you talk about possessions. But God, we, we just don't care because it's all about you and it's for others. And we care too much about those raising their hands to say, let's don't talk about it. Because you want them to walk in financial peace. You, you, you don't want them in bondage. You, you want them to walk in confidence. And God, you want them to increase in areas of their lives so they can bring increase to other people's lives. 
Lord, I just pray right now that you lift each one of them up, that, God, you just give them peace that will pass all understanding. Give them joy right now and help them to step into the blessing that you have for their lives. And we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name.